Welcome to the Practice X Factor, the place to be for mastering membership plans for your business. Here, you'll learn exactly how to grow your patient relationships and accelerate your profits without getting stuck on the dental insurance bandwagon. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Practice X Factor. We're glad to have you back today. And we're talking about working in your practice. Now, what I'm talking about specifically here is there's a thought in small business about don't get stuck working in your business all the time, but also you want to carve out time to work on your business. And while this is very true, it still is important that you can't completely be hands-off and not work in your practice or in your business at all. There are some proponents right now of you know owning a dental practice but not doing any of the dentistry and not working in it at all. And that can be a great option for some people. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but don't get too caught up in just you know letting go of all the dentistry. And by dentistry, I mean the inner workings of your practice and just being a business owner and collecting a check. That's not how it works in the real world. You know, some of the best leaders in big and small businesses also spend time with boots on the ground. So that's what we're going to talk about here for the next few minutes. And you'll have to forgive uh, my nasally voice here. I had a septum surgery just three or four days ago and um, everything went well and still recovering from that. It's going to allow me to breathe really well, but I have these um, temporary stints and they kind of make me talk a little bit funny. So anyway, when you're thinking about working in your practice um, and you think about, hey, your day is already packed with patients and meetings and those kind of things, um, you know, it can be challenging to find those times. But if you plan them out on a weekly, monthly basis, I think you'll find that your schedule will actually flow smoother. And one way to do this is with time blocking. And if you haven't heard of time blocking, there's a really good resource on this. It's a book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. And he did a lot of research on time blocking and found that uh, people who time block, which is usually like a you know sixty to sixty minute to two hour block of time to work on a very focused specific task, that those people were able to get done in a forty hour week what it takes the average person to do in a sixty plus hour week. So I would spend some time reading that, understanding it, training your team on it, help them see how they can benefit. So you guys can get your action plan taken care of. Um, And so, you know, make sure you make time for these things so you can spend time, especially working with your team, lifting them up and leading them. Um, There's an old play by William Shakespeare called Henry V, and it talks about this military campaign where King Henry is in France and he disguises himself as a common soldier goes out among his troops to learn about their morale and their concerns. And the the point of this is his act of humility and willingness to see things from their perspective endears him to his men and ultimately leads to victory. Probably builds a lot of trust with his men. There's some other great examples of this in uh, business today. Uh, the new or newer uh, CEO of Starbucks um, has gone out and implemented a new policy for all of the leaders at Starbucks that they each need to work a half-day shift every month in a retail Starbucks store. And 
Their goal is that they can get firsthand experience of what it's like on the front lines and to better understand the challenges facing both the employee and the customer, which is really a great way of uh, implementing the concept of servant leadership. If you haven't heard of servant, servant leadership, that's leadership from the bottom up, not from the top down. And it's a great way to lead a business, especially a service-oriented business like a coffee shop or even better, a dental office. Now, there's some ways you can implement this into your membership plan, which is uh, really powerful and can really help you see and feel what your patients are going through. So I'll share a couple of quick examples um, how you can get your hands dirty and work in these areas of practice. The first one is improve the understanding of your team. So it's easy to get caught in the big picture and forget about the day-to-day, you know, especially um, for me, I'm, I'm a big picture kind of person. I like to have a vision and a map and a big canvas to kind of write out plans on and look at those regularly. But it's important that I take time regularly to work alongside the team because most of the team thinks more about day-to-day than they do long-term. This way, we can take those informed decisions back to the vision board and use that to improve the long-term growth strategy. Um, It's also a way that you can find out what feedback patients have on your membership plans or what they hate about insurance or what they like about insurance, and you can use that to create an apples and oranges situation. Second one is identify the areas for improvement. This gives you firsthand look at what's working well, what isn't. So you might find inefficiencies or things that can be streamlined or waste. It's always interesting for me, you know, um, sometimes I'll check an order before we make like a big supply order. And usually I can just shave off a couple hundred bucks of stuff that we don't use anymore or that can be consolidated. And although I'm not the one pushing the button, I'm not the one restocking the order, it's been very valuable for me to look over that because then I'm able to have a conversation with the team as to why we're ordering certain things. And you know, if, if we cut a couple hundred bucks out of that order of something that's just gonna sit on the shelf that's pretty much pure profit back inside your pocket or that you can reinvest. Hey, this is Tyler Williams with Pinecrest Practice Growth. Thanks for taking a quick break from the podcast. I just wanted to share with you an awesome new tool that you can download for just seven bucks for your practice. It's called the New Patient Lead Machine, and it'll teach you ways to organically attract membership-driven patients and excellent new patients and referrals to your practice without having to spend a whole bunch of money on software or marketing agencies that make a bunch of promises to you. You can visit newpatientleadmachine.com or click the links below the podcast to gain access today for just seven bucks. Now back to the episode. The third way is to build rapport with your patients. Okay, When you spend time to get to know them and their concerns, then they really go to bat for you. And you know, patient calls once in a while I'll answer the phones for a few minutes just because I'm you know making some notes or I'm kind of walking around um, observing what the team's doing and maybe all the phones are ringing or everybody's with patients and we want to get that phone answered within just a few rings so I'll grab the phone and people are often surprised but sometimes it's a new patient sometimes it's a toothache it gives me a chance for looking through the lens of the patient 
and, and what their concerns are. And if it's a, you know, they're uncertain about a billing process or they wanted to ask about a membership plan or they're asking if we offer a certain procedure, helps us be able to tweak our systems to better support the needs of our patients and future patients. So don't ever think you're too good or too important to get down into the nitty gritty of some of those roles and responsibilities in your practice. Fourth one is leading by example. So, you know, just, just by simply demonstrating the team that you're willing to roll up your sleeves and work sets a positive tone, uh, it demonstrates servant leadership, and they'll respect you more and be more motivated to work hard and provide great patient care. Okay. So you're probably thinking, hey, I don't have time to work in every area of my practice. And that's completely understandable. I don't either. But just spending a few hours each month working in different areas can make a big difference. Um, one thing that's worked well for us is we create these training videos and there are a whole bunch of different apps you can use to create them. But then I assign them to team members to go through the training video and write a quick summary on something they learned and how they can implement it. That way I don't have to be with every team member all the time, but they get a feel for some of the things that I've said or some of the culture and the practice and how to implement it. And then you can be in more places at once without having to physically be there. A couple other examples would be answering phones. We talked about that. Remember that practice makes permanent, not perfect. So we're not trying to be perfect. Don't expect your team to be perfect. That's not the point of this. The point is practicing things so that it can become routine and almost a knee-jerk reaction response in a positive way to a question someone has. There's some great resources for this. Um, one that we've used and highly recommend is the Scheduling Institute. They have a great phone training program. And uh, we have them back on a previous podcast, but they really are the best, in my experience, at training your team on how to answer the phones and how important the phones are. Um, there are other services as well. You can also have mystery callers. Um, we have a, we, we pay a, a virtual assistant to call our office once a month and do, a, uh, do an assessment on the call and send that to the team member where it's a, a mystery shopper. We also send a mystery shopper in the office where I'll, I'll find a friend or an acquaintance and pay them to come in and do a walk-in appointment in the office and then ask some questions. And then the team member um, gets a, like a $50 bonus if they get those questions mostly right. If they don't, then they just get a little quick note saying, hey, you'll have an opportunity in the future. Thanks for being part of the team. Keep working on it, right? So it's a positive, okay? We're not rewarding them for something they didn't do, but it's done in a positive light. Uh, a couple other examples. Take a look at payment plans, right? Look at the way a treatment plan and a financial agreement put together. See if they make sense. See where the confusion or frustration or the pain points are, okay? This is another way you can add value by transforming those pain points into benefits on your membership plan. And I think where a lot of practices get misled is they'll talk about a membership plan as a backup to insurance. We've actually found that we lead with it, especially for more involved treatment plans, and a lot of people see the value and they just cancel their insurance altogether and it makes your life so much easier because you don't have to play the what-if game that causes confusion and frustration, especially in a dental practice where we're not billing tens of thousands of dollars ever to dental insurance. There is no dental insurance that covers anything like that. You can still be insurance friendly um, 
and you can still choose to accept insurance. I'm not saying not to, I'm just simply saying if you are offering a membership plan, which I highly recommend that not all, but most practices should, uh, then this is a way you can find out how to add value. Another great resource for that is go to the grocery store and look up magazines that your patients read. You know, if you cater to baby boomers, get like an AARP magazine, flip through that, right? Or Costco puts out, you know, like a quarterly magazine. But you look through that, that's the kind of market research that's already been done where they've spent millions of dollars to look at what people in that market and demographic want. So if that matches up with the type of patients you like to treat, look there. Okay, if you're treating younger families, find a a magazine or an online website that caters to that group and look at what benefits they offer and how they design their marketing. And you can uh, ethically steal, meaning don't plagiarize or copy, but you can you know, ethically look at what they've done and take those ideas and translate them into a, a new way to talk to your patients about your services. Uh, make sure you're doing surveys, okay, and review them. Um, we like to do periodically, we'll do like, you know, for every survey left, someone's entered to win lunch or something like that. And we'll pick a winner or a couple winners every few months. But again, it's another way to make improvements to your workflow, get feedback. It also prevents negative Google reviews, because it gives people a place to vent and you're leading with that rather than waiting around for someone to get frustrated and leave a bad review, all right? So just consider this story, you know, Henry V, okay? Think about what Starbucks is doing. Think about how you can put on that soldier's uniform in your practice and work alongside your team. And I promise your membership plans, the culture in your office, your systems will improve and make your team accountable to those improvements and you'll see a lot of success. So thanks for listening. Please leave us some comments on iTunes or contact us on our website. We love your feedback and we'll catch you on the next episode. Have a great week. For more tools and tips on how to create an X-Factor membership practice, visit yourpracticegrowth.com and subscribe to our free weekly email today.